You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Man, uh, welcome everybody. Glad that you're hanging out with us this morning. Um, could I get a little bit of this juice in my front monitor, just like a smidge? That way I don't feel like I'm yelling. Nobody likes to be yelled at, right? Like, and so, uh, check, hey, 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 hey. And we have a backup, thank you. Back every day. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. So, uh, welcome. Glad you're hanging out with us this morning. Uh, everybody that's online, welcome. Glad that you are here. Uh, just a couple things real quick, and then we're going to jump to the message. The first thing is this. Thank you so much to everyone who has given to the chair, the Plus One Initiative. We have, uh, yeah, we, we've, uh, we have been able to raise enough to order chairs. Hallelujah. And so, so pretty soon you will be proud owners of chairs, uh, and then eventually we'll progress, and then we'll be owners of a building, hello, and then, um, so faithful with the small, right? Yeah. We'll become faithful with the small, and so uh, thank you so much for your generosity for those of you that have given to that. Uh, also, uh, next week, in case you didn't rem remember, it is Easter, and so we're excited about that. Uh, one thing that we know how to do really good at Discovery's party. And so, uh, we, man, we just plan on having fun celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, we're going to have treats and just hanging out. And, um, yeah, it's just going to be a lot of fun. So we hope you can join us uh, next Sunday. We'd love to know who is going to make it. So if you head over to discoverychurch.cc forward slash Easter. Uh, so that's basically our website with the forward slash Easter. Uh, we'd love uh, for you to register. Let us know if you're coming to the 9 o'clock or the 1015 uh, worship experience. And um, yeah, we're excited about that. And so um, you guys excited for Easter? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. I wanted to, uh, <laughs> never mind, I'm not going to say that. Uh, so let's, <laughs> let's turn to your Bibles, Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 23. If this is your first time here this morning, welcome. Uh, we have been in a series of the last moments of Jesus, we started in the Garden of Gethsemane, which means the olive press. And this idea, the big idea of week one was when it feels like life is crushing us, let's try not to take control. Let, let's try to trust God with what, with what he's doing. Last week, we looked at the trial of Jesus when he went to, to trial, and um, I'm I, I, lost, I got... A blank of what the big idea. Oh, that we don't show, we don't say we show, right? Jesus was silent in the trial. He didn't shout back at them. He, he listened, and rather than shouting back, he showed uh, how, who he was, how much he loved him. And so, um, so this week, we are actually moving into the crucifixion of Jesus. And the next week, Easter, we'll talk about the resurrection. But I want to read uh, to you Luke chapter 23, verse 32. And uh, this is Luke's uh, view, vantage point of, of the crucifixion. And it says this. Two others, both criminals, were taken along with him, him being Jesus, for execution. When they got to the place called Skull Hill, my God, 
Uh, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Dividing up his clothes, they threw dice for them. The people stood there staring at Jesus, and the ringleaders made faces taunting. He saved others. Let's see if he can save himself, the Messiah of God. Ha, the chosen. Ha, that feels weird reading that. Ha. Uh, the soldiers also came up and poked fun at him, making a game of it. They toasted with him or they, with sour wine. So you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Printed over him was a sign. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging alongside cursed him. Some Messiah you are, save yourself, save us. But the other one made him shut up. Have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. We deserve this, but not him. He did nothing to deserve this. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. Let's pray, and we'll jump into uh, the last phrase, one of the last phrases of Jesus. Father, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for just already, um, just your, your ability to, uh, to just draw us closer to you. Like, no matter what type of week we had, God, like one moment in your presence, God changes us, changes everything. It, 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 it lifts the, the burdens and the weights off of our shoulders. And so we thank you for that. Father, right now I pray that uh, as, I, as I speak your message, that it would come forth in clarity and in boldness. God, all I can do is just, just talk. It's you that does a life change. It's you that changes. So Holy Spirit, right now I pray that you would just uh, make our hearts pliable for this message. That we would receive uh, what you want us to receive. God, I thank you so much. We love you. God, we want to leave here changed. Not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said, amen, amen, amen. amen. So, um, a lot of you guys know that I am not an animal lover. Uh, now, let me pause because that does not mean I am an animal hater, okay? No emails this week. Um, but, uh, so I'm not, I'm not really big on animals. Um, I'm, I, this is going to be a shocker, and, and, uh, but I'm not big on dogs either. Like, my, like, my, dogs, yeah. Like, I don't understand dogs. I don't understand dog owners. Um, now, I know I'm talking to, to a lot of people right now that have dogs, and I just, like, I don't get it. Um, but that's okay, right? Like, that's okay. I don't have to get it. Uh, this is not a soapbox here. I'm not, I'm not here to convince you. Uh, to not love your dogs. Uh, that, that's not the story. But, but what, 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 I, what I want you to understand is that, like, I don't know where this, where my ability to not really, like, be a dog person, I don't know where it stems from. But I do know that throughout life there have been moments that have stoked my, uh, my feelings towards, towards dogs. I shared one with you when the dog chased me when I was recording. Um, that could be a reason why I don't like dogs. Um, there's another reason is uh, 
I was uh, running over on the track at a, at a school one day, and I'm, I'm running. I'm just minding my own business. I have my headphones in. And uh, they're, they're like, I know you guys don't do this, like let your dogs run without leashes or whatever. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> some, some, some people do. And if you are here and you do that, we love you. We're glad you're hanging out with us this morning. But there's this dog that, uh, that I was running. I was minding my own business. And this, this one dog owner, uh, they, they just let their little dog off the leash and having fun and, you know, frolicking. And <laughs> I was frolic. I thought that was weird. <laughs> Um, but, but the dog is like, it's like running around. I'm minding my own business. I think that the dog is minding its own business. And I'm running. I feel like I got good posture and everything. I'm focused in on my podcast. And I'm running. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God is my witness. That little dog that the owner let off the leash <laughs> came, hit my back leg, and I flew. And I'm thinking, as I'm flying in the air, this is why I don't like dogs. <laughs> like, like, I land on the ground. And the dog starts, like, I think it's attacking me. It's like licking me and stuff. Like, I call that an attack, right? Like, <laughs> and so it's like, and I'm like, ah. Oh, and the owner's like, dog. I forgot the dog's name. Come here, come here. And I'm like, yeah, go, go. I'm like, like literally, I was running hard, and he just tripped me, like, and I'm like, I'm so mad, right? I'm so mad at this, at this point, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm heated. The owner comes, and the owner's like, hey, I'm so sorry about my dog. God, God, honest truth, I put my headphones back on, I didn't say anything. I just, <laughs> I know. I know, nobody's ever done that, right? Like, so, I know. I'm glad I can't see people's facial expressions right now. And I just ran off. And I was, I, as I was running, something inside of me was like, John, that was rude. And you need to accept that person's apology. You need to forgive them. And I ran across and passed them up, and I stopped and I was like I know that was an accident <laughs> and I forgive you <laughs> and I ran off and uh, man I was thinking about that and just like how I did not want to forgive those people at all I don't want to forgive the dog I don't want to forgive the owner and I was thinking about this Specifically about how hard it is when you've been wronged to forgive someone. It's hard. It's a hard thing to like to, to, to forgive someone that has wronged you, that has hurt you, that has persecuted you. And yet, in the story of Jesus, where he's at. In perhaps the most critical moments of his life, where he's beaten, he's just been betrayed, he's just been unjust, unjustly tried, he, he's now hanging on the cross. And in this moment, Jesus says something that it, it, it really, um, it, it really uh, challenges my heart and my spirit. 
Jesus, in this moment, we, we, we're, we're, we get this glimpse into a conversation that Jesus has with God the Father. He's on the cross. He's hanging. Some nails. He has his thorn on, a th- crown of thorns on. He's just been beaten. They're mocking him. And he, he has this conversation with God. And he says this. He says, God, Father, forgive them. What? That's insane. I had a hard time forgiving a dog. <laughs> and here's Jesus, half beaten, hanging on the cross. And he says, Father, Give them. But if that wasn't bad enough, okay, he says something that I think is even more triggering to me. He, he doesn't just say, Father, forgive them, but he says, forgive them because they have no idea what they're doing. To which I look at that and I'm thinking, Jesus, don't be naive. Jesus, let's talk about this, man, because I actually think they know exactly what they are doing. Jesus, I actually think that they're very aware of what they're doing. Like, Jesus, I'm pretty sure that Judas knew that he was betraying you. Jesus, I'm pretty sure that Pontius Pilate, when he washed his hands because he knew you were innocent, and yet he traded you in for Barabbas, I'm pretty sure that Pontius Pilate knew what injustice was. And he knew what he was doing. Jesus, all those people that are standing, looking at you, mocking you, hurting you with the words, I'm pretty confident, Jesus, they know what they're doing. And yet Jesus, in his worst state of the pain that he's in, he's he's hanging there and he says, Father, forgive them. Don't know what they're doing. And if I'm honest with you, that phrase is bothersome to me. Because it's it's kind of revealing to me where my heart is when it comes to forgiving. See, in fact, I think the statement when Jesus is like, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, as I I really feel like in this moment, Jesus is revealing the type of forgiveness that as a follower of Jesus, you and I are supposed to model. And in this statement, here's what I think Jesus is trying to model, the type of forgiveness. That forgiveness, rather than being rooted in dignity, is rooted in grace. I'll say that again. Rather, that that the forgiveness, the the forgiveness that Jesus is showing, the forgiveness that is in this phrase that Jesus is saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He's showing us a forgiveness that is rooted in grace rather than dignity. See, when my forgiveness is rooted in dignity... All of a sudden, forgiveness becomes all about my feelings. 
When my forgiveness is rooted in dignity, all of a sudden it becomes about how, how I feel. Uh, the, the, the pride that I have inside of me. When I choose to forgive and it's rooted in dignity, all of a sudden I become more concerned about how people are going to think about me rather than what it's really actually going to do in me. All of a sudden when forgiveness is rooted in dignity, like now all of a sudden like pride, like it's like they don't deserve it. They hurt me. I don't want to forgive that dog. He hurt me. He, he hurt me. Uh, and I think, too, like, I don't know. This is just kind of my own thought. But I, I think that, like, forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that you always have to forget. Because sometimes, like, Forgiveness actually opens up our hearts. And if, if we don't remember how that person hurt us before, we put ourselves back into that situation again. And, and, and so Jesus, he's modeling this, this, this idea that, that forgiveness is not rooted in dignity but rather grace. See, forgiveness, when, when my forgiveness is rooted in grace, all of a sudden forgiveness becomes something bigger than my feelings. See, because we know that grace means to be shown something that we don't deserve. And so when I choose to forgive someone based off of, not, not off of what they do, not, not off of what they deserve, but rather what I've been shown, then all of a sudden I'm onto something. See, because the Apostle Paul in, in the, the book of Colossians, in the book of Ephesians, he says, forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. So all of a sudden my forgiveness, me wanting to forgive, it has nothing to do with what that person deserves, but rather it has everything to do with what I've been shown. And, and, and so Jesus, he's hanging on this cross. He's modeling this idea in, in, in perhaps the worst situation ever. He's modeling this idea of, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, they, they, they need to understand the importance of forgiving. Jesus on the cross, he said two, his last two things. First thing he said was, Father, forgive them. Then the last thing he said before he took his last breath, then he took his last breath, was, was uh, Father, into, into your hands I commit my spirit. So he's like, Father, forgive them. Mic drop. Done. So there's something about forgiveness that is so vital to our walk as believers. And so this morning, what I want us to do in our last moment, is I want to give you three reasons why I need to learn to forgive. Three reasons why I need to learn to forgive. And here's number one. We're going to go through them fairly quick. And then, and then I want to pray for you because I think that we can all um, receive just like just this, this release of this anger, right, that we hold on to. 
So uh, why I need to learn to forgive, number one, I can't move forward without first forgiving. I can't move forward without first forgiving. I can't move forward without first forgiving. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think if we're honest, a lot of us here, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of us here are unforgiveness hoarders. I know there's just a couple people here today, but that was still really quiet. <clears throat> I think for a lot of us, we're, we're, we're like these unforgiving unforgiving hoarders, like we, we, we carry these, these offenses, these hurts uh, with us all throughout life rather than forgiving. And so when someone over here hurt us, we just put it in our, in our, in our backpack of unforgiveness and, and we just hold it there. And then we meet someone else and, and they show us, thank you, they show us a little bit of unforgiveness and, and all of a sudden now, now we put that in our back and we're carrying around all these hurts. And we're carrying around all these, these past pains. And, 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 and I suppose this wouldn't be an issue except for the fact that, uh, that I project my resentment from the past onto present and future things. I'll say that again. I think the reason why it's... Why it's it's not such a good idea that we that we become hoarders of unforgiveness it is because the unforgiveness that I have not dealt with in the past, I will begin to project it to my present and to my future. And so I can never move forward as long as I'm carrying these things with me. See, some of you guys, like... You, you, your boss, your old boss, like he, he, he passed you, she passed you up for a promotion. And like you, you hate, you're like, how could they do that to me? And then you get a new job. And then you look at your new boss and you can't even understand that your new boss is a good person because you're still holding on to what your old boss did for you. And so even if this new boss wants to propel you forward, like you can't go because you don't trust him. Come on, some of you, you, you guys have past hurts from your old pastor. Man, now, now, now it's. <laughs> and, and, and some of you guys, you brought your past hurts and your past wounds from your old pastor. You bring him to discovery. You look at me and you're like, we'll see what he has. And like God wants to use me to help bring the best out of you, but you won't even trust me because you had issues with your old pastor. Come on, this is for all my single folks out there. You, you've, you've had a bad relationship in the past where, uh, where you've been hurt. You lost your trust in them. They whether it was something that they said, something that they did, and you, you'd never forgive them, them for that, and you're holding it with you. It's in your backpack of unforgiveness and every new relationship that you try to jump into. Like you can't really fully trust 
because you're still holding on to it back here. Come on, I can't move forward without forgiving. Like, even if I want to, I can't move forward. I got to learn. I have to learn to forgive. I got to learn to forgive. I actually think we see this with one of the thieves that was on the cross. So one of the thieves are like, no, Jesus, you're amazing. You don't deserve this. But the other guy on the other side of Jesus, I wonder, like, he hadn't been so hurt. Like, who scarred him? Who hurt him so bad that he couldn't even see the grace that Jesus was showing him? And he was looking at that part. He was looking at Jesus, and he was like, you're not the Savior. If you're the Savior, show me. Prove it. Come on. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what God has for me. Like, I, I want to learn to be able to move forward, to progress, to get better. So the first thing is this. I can't move forward without forgiving. Number two, why I need to learn to forgive. I can't become better without forgiving. I can't become better without forgiving. In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus gives the parable of the prodigal son. In, in the prodigal son, for those of you that don't know the story here, the cliff notes, it's a young man. He told his daddy, he said, Daddy, I, I, I'm done with this life. I want to go and do my own thing. And so he's like, I want my inheritance. The father gives his son the inheritance, and, and the son goes out and he, and he parties. And, and, uh, and, he, and he does his thing. He, 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 he's just living this life, right? How many guys know that, like, sin is fun for a while? Right? And if you're like, sin is not fun for a while, then you're doing it wrong. Right? Like I said it before. Like, if you don't think sin is fun, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Sin is fun for a while. And then consequences happen. And so this, this young guy, he went off. It was fun for a while, but then he came back. And he was hurt. He had nothing. And the story goes, the father sees his son coming. And the father is so excited. He runs to his son. He gets his son the best robe, his little ring. He's like, kill the fattest calf ever, and let's, let's have a party. My son has come back. Woo! But have you ever noticed the reaction of the older brother? That man was bitter. He was hurt. He, he turned to his father. He said, Dad, why are you doing this? Do you understand what he did to you? Do you understand that he took his inheritance, he blew it, and now he's coming back? How are you going to do this? Dad, how are you going to throw him a party when he just left? 
actually, the son was bitter. He was bitter. And I think that if we're honest, a lot of the times we have the mentality of the brother rather than the forgiveness of the father. And so I'm bitter at how people have hurt me. I'm bitter about how people have treated me. But God doesn't want me to be bitter. He wants me to become better. But I can't become better until I'm no longer bitter. Like, I don't want to be the son. I don't want to be the brother who is like, no, no, hold on to it. Have you guys noticed how just unforgiveness, it just kind of like torments your soul? Because like you become bitter about everything. Like not just about the person that wronged you, but like you become bitter about how people drive. <laughs> you become bitter about how, like you, you just become bitter because unforgiveness, it poisons your soul. And like we just become so bitter. Come on, but I want to encourage you this morning that you are not called to become bitter. Come on, but when I learn to forgive, it makes me better. So why I can't, or why I need to learn to forgive, number one, is what? I can't move forward without forgiving. Number two, I can't become better without forgiving. And number three, here it is. Let me get a swig real quick. Yeah, I said swig. <laughs> 90s kid. Actually, I'm 80s, right? Like, I don't, Whatever. That is neither here nor there. Number three, I, I love this one. I can't be like Jesus without forgiving. I can't be like Jesus without forgiving. Let me read this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says this, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I love this. Paul is saying that the moment that I become a follower of Jesus, the process of the Holy Spirit working inside of me, transforming me begins. So the moment that I say, Jesus, I want you to be the boss of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me. Like, he starts working on me. He, I, I, like, I picture like this, like a person just like pulling out, ah, he doesn't need this one. And this. Like, he begins working inside of you. He's transforming you. But the moment I choose to, uh, the moment I choose not to forgive someone is the moment all of a sudden that halts. And it stops. See, all of a sudden, the moment of me becoming more and more like Jesus, the, the, the moment I choose to show unforgiveness, the moment it stops, is, is, or the moment that I choose to show unforgiveness. Let me say this again. When I choose to hold on to unforgiveness, the whole process of what Jesus is doing in my life, becoming more and more like Jesus, it stops. Why? Because Jesus is forgiveness. Yeah. 
like he models this crucial thing. And it's this idea like he's molding us and shaping us. He's moving us from glory to glory. He's, he's just working and transforming. Listen, God wants to continue to transform you to look more and more like Jesus, to be more and more Christ-like. But I have to remove that twig in the spokes so that the cycle of the Holy Spirit transforming me can continue to go forward and move and move from glory to glory to glory. Come on, somebody. But God wants to do a work in me and a work in you. He wants to bring me further he wants to make me better, and he wants to make me resemble Christ Jesus. But I first have to learn to forgive. Jesus, he's hanging on the cross. I would say the worst night ever. And he says, Father, forgive them. I don't know what they're, for they don't know what they're doing. So this morning, I, as I was preparing this message, I just, I just felt like we should just have an opportunity, a moment to, uh, to just really check the motive of our hearts. And if we have a backpack of unforgiveness, Towards other people, man, I think that today is the day that God wants to move you forward. That God wants to move you, make you better. So what I'd love for you to do is, if you don't mind standing, we're going to, this is different than, than our normal format. But I think What's so amazing is that the message of the cross allows us to have this conversation of forgiveness. The message of the cross and what Jesus did on the cross, it, it allows us to not have to hold on to hurts, to pain, to frustration. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.